Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast here all the way from the Tour de France 2018. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can download or stream or even uh, subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift, of course. I'm, uh, I'm your host, uh, Christophe Malen. I'm joined today with Dave McKenzie today, like every day. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey, hey. Am I, I would like, I think I'd like co-host, actually. Is that... It's not too much to ask, or am I just sidekick? Yeah, let's say okay. And my co-host is uh, <laughs> Dave McKenzie. Do, do you feel better? That oh, no, yes. Now that pumps me up. Now I feel good. <laughs> I thought you grew taller, but now you didn't. <laughs> Day eight at uh, the Tour de France, a stage that finished in Amiens, the town uh, from Emmanuel Macron, the French president. No relation with uh, <laughs> with this podcast anyway. Uh, he wasn't here. He didn't turn up. Uh, but quite an entertaining finish. Well. And- Firstly, there were a few protested there for him, uh, but he didn't turn up. Uh, it was an interesting finish. It was another bunch sprint. And Dylan Gronewagen, when you are hot, you are hot. Two from two. I wish I picked, up, picked him up in, a, in our tipping competition yesterday because that was almost written yesterday when we, when we saw this. You're right, when you're hot, you're hot. Yeah, it's true, but then you never, you don't expect it, do you? And he's still quite young and he's still developing as a sprinter, but he he did it easy once again today. And and you can just see now the old guard, we talked about them being shown the door. I think that they're out the door and the door's locked because Andre Greipel, he had a clean run to the line. He got through, he had a clean run, Gavidia was boxed, Greipel looked up, saw the line, and I think we all thought for a second, yep, the gorilla, the gorilla's going to do it again. Grenovagen passed him and I think he caught a cold as he went past him. He went past him that fast. Yeah, and, and this new new guard is very interesting because you mentioned Grenovagen. We knew, we, we sort of discovered him as a, as a winner last year on the Champs-Élysées uh, and not too long to go in this Tour de France before he, he's got two wins. And, and that's actually quite interesting because he's sort of bringing a bit more experience to him. It certainly is. And, you know, you could say, OK, they're all going to line up for the Champs-Élysées and there's probably going to be one more opportunity. So he's up three or potentially four stage wins, as are the other sprinters, up maybe their first or second stage win. No, but he's, I mean, no matter what, if he goes home in the mountains, two is a success for him and Lotto Jumbo. We spoke about uh, Kevin Dish yesterday, but today it was again blatant. He just doesn't have the power. He just wasn't even in that in that group. No, he's he's just not there. You're right. He's just not there. And you know, I don't think he's giving too many excuses either. But um, we what we did here, we heard that Marcel Kittle. We talk about some of the old guard being frustrated. We heard that he threw his bike against the bus and. Uh, sounds of screaming coming from inside the bus. I'm not trying to embellish anything. That's what we've heard from our other reporters on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what does that mean actually? Because we know for for uh, and you know yourself as well. You you are a sprinter. 
there's as much power in the leg than there is in your brain as well. They need confidence to be able to win. Does that mean Kittel is not going to have any single win here? Can we have this situation where Kittel goes home empty-handed? He's going home empty-handed and he might not be going home at the end of the Champs-Élysées. He might be calling it quits earlier than what we expect. And a few, there's already murmurs about that, that he will not make it through the mountains. I don't think he's going to finish. There you go. That's your call. <laughs> yeah, that's it's uh, that's not good. It's not good. As in, I think Kittle is such a big sort of. He's a bit. He's like a flamboyant sort of uh, athlete in the sport and as, and sprinter he is. Uh, so it'd be a shame to see him not fire here. But you know, it's there's no there's no there's no uh, silver platter. There's no red carpet. Uh, you know, no one gives you a stage win. No one gives you a green jersey, and no one gives you a top three in a stage of the Tour de France, you have to fight and fight and then dig deeper and fight it some more. And and you've got to have good legs and you've got to have a bit of luck and all those things. And obviously, none of those are happening for him this year. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And I remember uh, when I heard that Kittel was moving to Katusha, uh, telling my uh, Russian colleagues at SBS Radio, we're going to see a lot more to, of Katusha next year because Kittel is moving in. They're going to have two, three, four, even five stage win, uh, maybe. And how wrong was I? <laughs> and you know what it shows to our listeners who are relatively new to the sport of cycling or, and or new to watching the Tour de France? And you think, okay, team sport, but no, these individuals, you know, that win stages and win the tour, surely they could win it if they were on another team. No, that is not the case. And this just proves that Marcel Kittel has not got the lead-out train or the team work uh, to assist him either. I'm not blaming one or the other. All I'm saying is it's not just the individual that wins. You need a strong team around you. And so, you know, I mean, imagine if he was at quick step. Yeah, because... Because Quickstep is, uh, I mean, we saw with Gavrila, I mean, two wins yes. uh, and, and very close finish on all the others. I mean, he's there, he's taken the spot. And, he's, and his team in the opening few stages, they were the team that had it dialed up perfectly. So, yeah, it's a tough gig, but, you know, there's winners and there's losers. Yeah, today as well, one of the losers is Dan Martin. Yeah. Uh, su such a brilliant win the other day. Such a brilliant dude, actually. Dan, Ma Dan Martin is just awesome. And he had this nasty crash. Uh, and I think he was the most affected on that crash. He was. It's so disappointing. I'm, I'm really disappointed for him. Because, look, take aside from the fact that I just like him as a person, I think he's a genuinely nice guy. He's cheerful. He's always happy to do any sort of interview with the press. He's a, he's a real gutsy bike rider. He's a, he races on instinct. He's not scared to attack at any given time. He crashed nasty last year with Richie Port. We've talked about that already. He just deserved to have a little bit of luck. I know he's won a stage, so it's not all doom and gloom for him. But I'd just like to see himself and Richie Port, for that matter, have a clean race that they can get through these first stages um, freely without crashing and, gi and give themselves a really fair chance in the mountains. And with Dan Martin now, hopefully he'll be okay. He got to the finish, so that's good sign. Fingers crossed his body uh, recovers okay. Yeah, I hope so as well. Uh, Richie, actually, good you mentioned this because uh, if I was the 80s, I would say cool as cucumber. Cool. As a, I say that anyway, mate. I, don't worry. I'll say it. <laughs> cool as yeah. a cucumber. Yeah, still is not the 80s, mate, but that's okay. <laughs> I still listen to 80s music, though. I know. I know. We should have to go. hear it. Oh, we might have to do a segment on that. Maybe. Uh, maybe not. He is, he is very calm. It's the most relaxed I've seen him. I think I said this last year, but he is. I'll, he's another notch this year and look considering that he did lose time on stage one we have to you know remind ourselves and everyone of that 
since then, everything has gone well for him. And he has, he's been crossing the line a couple of times. I've looked for him, I've caught his eyes, he's seen me, gone, yep, no worries, quick interview. So he's, he's good to go. Bring on the mountains, I say. Let's get through these next couple of days uh, and then bring on the mountains. Yeah, and then BMC has got yellow and then TJ is third. And Van Avermaet as well, still in yellow, as just said, gaining bit by bit, second by second over uh, Gian Thomas. Absolutely. So no, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a really good um, next few stages. And just to see whether Van Avermaet holds that yellow uh, through Roubaix, who else challenges? Um, you know, and what do the GC guys do? And what are the classic specialists? There's five or six, you know, that that that, uh, that can ride the Parve really good. That have won Paris Roubaix. So what can they do? Absolutely. Okay, we take a short break and then uh, when we come back, we'll have a look actually at uh, this stage coming up our way, Roubaix. We've been talking about it for nine, ten days. It's happening tonight. You stay here, yeah? I am not going anywhere, planted to the ground. Not even getting me a coffee? No. <laughs> Are you co-host now? I forgot. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's why I wanted this because I'm always going, oh, go, Maca, get me a coffee, please. Oh, I would not, my uh, Portuguese tot, please, with my coffee. None of that, mate. Now, sorry, someone else has got to get it. Okay, break, and then we come back. Don't go anywhere. So here's indoor training before Zwift. You're alone in a dark basement, staring at a wall, or watching TV reruns. Indoor training after Zwift. You're climbing epic mountains in Watopia. You're racing through the streets of London, or sprinting through an Italian village. The world is virtual, but the watts are real. And so is the competition. With hundreds of group rides and workouts every day, you've always got friends to keep your motivation high and friends to chase. Get seven days free at Zwift.com. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. We're still in France uh, for another couple of weeks uh, for this Tour de France 2018 Maca uh, stage number nine. It's the stage we've been waiting for for about 10 days, really. Oh. Uh, going to Roubaix, uh, the details, 156 kilometers. Uh, it's going from Arras to Roubaix. Can Sagan win twice in Roubaix in the same year? He can, but so can about five other guys who've won Paris-Roubaix as well that are in the race. None other than Greg Van Avermaet wearing yellow. That would top Sagan, wouldn't it? You're wearing yellow. That's sort of like rubbing it in his face if he beat Peter Sagan uh, into Roubaix. Wearing yellow jersey. He's a former winner. John Degenkolb also in the race, former winner. There's a few others as well. So... Look, it's going to be a brutal day. There are 15 sectors of Parvay, many that figure in the race, Paris-Roubaix, totaling 21.7 kilometres of nasty roads. So it's a serious, serious stage. And the interesting thing is Paris-Roubaix, the race itself, the one-day race, is 270-odd kilometres. This stage is only 156, and there's still 15 sectors. Now, there's about 27 sectors in Paris-Roubaix. So... It's almost as hard. It's just like a shortened mini version of the race itself. There's no Forest of Arenberg, but that doesn't matter. These sectors are going to be enough. Yeah, it's definitely a concentrated version of uh, the Paris-Roubaix. Of course, we don't think uh, the Paris-Roubaix winners like Mathieu Hemmen could win here. I don't think so. Uh, but you mentioned guys like Saga. They will still need to be super strong riders to, to win this stage. It's a different type of race because there's already eight stages under the belt. So riders are going to be tired. And you're right. Look, 
uh, Matthew Heyman, for example, but he'll play a different role too. He will play the role of looking after Adam Yates, I would imagine. So too Luke Durbridge, who's been a real focus uh, of the classics for him. So... It'll be interesting. Some guys that normally would be absolutely on the start line at Perry Bay hoping to win, this stage they'll be looking after their, their designated team leaders. Someone like Chris Froome doesn't have a good track record on Pavé. Uh, we remember a few years back he, he broke his uh, wrist, I think, on, a, on Pavé. Uh, you know what, he, he actually never made it to the Pavé. He never, he never even rode one single metre of Pavé that day he pulled out before. Yeah, that was that stage. That yeah. stage I was going to, to Roubaix. So what's, what's going through his mind? Uh, or he's, Because he's such a champion, he's not even thinking about it. I don't think he's really thinking about it, as in that sense, from a few years ago. I think what he'd love to do is just sort of prove he's not so much doubters, but I think he'd just like to tick a box and say, hey, yep, I'm good at that too. Because in the last few years, what we've seen from Chris Froome, he's transformed from a guy who can't descend that good to a great descender, from a guy who wasn't great riding in bunt in, in a big peloton to splitting the race into Montpellier, I think it was, on that stage uh, last year or two years ago um, when, he, when they split it in the crosswinds. Um, and now this is probably the final one. We know he can climb, we know he can time trial, and we, of course we know he can win Grand Tours. Can he ride over Parvey? This is a test. This is a real test for him. He's got a great team behind him with Team Sky. Obviously, Garen Thomas is going to be a force over the Parvey as well. I'm probably more interested in how they ride as a team rather than how Chris Froome rides individually. You know, uh, is Garrett Thomas going to be making sure Chris Froome is right on his wheel or is Garrett Thomas going to ride his own race? Absolutely, because we always said they don't want to say it's plan B, but it's definitely plan B. We'll say it here. Uh, but Garrett Thomas is not far from the, from the top. Can he basically do something and try to grab yellow? Because we said earlier on in, uh, in the series of podcasts we were doing that at the end of this trait ending in Roubaix before the rest day, whoever is in yellow could actually be quite a contender. So second question on this, if Van Avermaet is still in yellow, what does that mean for BMC? That's, yes, it's a good question. And the answer won't necessarily be if they're in yellow at the end of Roubaix, they're a contender for the overall. Because if Van Avermaet is still in yellow, 100% he will not win the Tour de France. I'll bet my house on it. I'll bet my car. I've got a pretty crappy car, but, you know, I'll throw that in anyway. And but I've, I've seen your house. It's quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like my house. So, that you know, but um, it, 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 what will it mean for BMC? Not a lot. I don't think they'll defend the day after the rest day because it's too Le Grand Bonheur. So there'll be no reason for BMC to sit on the front that day. The only reason they would then is because Richie Port and TJ Van Garderen. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I'm... You know, and do Sky want to try and propel Garrett Thomas into yellow? I would think they would like to. I think he'd like to have yellow, but I'm not sure they want to be in yellow per se moving forward. As we keep saying, the scrutiny that they've copped and the backlash they've copped from the French fans here, I think they'd dearly love to get the yellow on the penultimate stage of the tour. Just keep the pressure off them all the way until they get right down to the nitty gritty. And I'm sure they're very happy not to have to uh, talk to the press as well, yes. uh, because yellow means he's by contract has got obligation to come and talk to the press. These days, we have hardly seen Chris from at the press. Yeah, he's, look, it adds an hour to your day, doesn't it? It adds an hour to your day. I mean, we're sitting around in the mix zone, 
standing around uh, waiting to get all those jerseys uh, that come backstage uh, from the podium. And that's by the time the race is done and they've done all the interviews with us, they also do go and do print media interviews. It, it does add at least an hour, doping control, all of those things. Um, so Chris Froome, he'd be quite happy. He's won enough yellow jerseys, hasn't he? So he doesn't need, need them. For Garrett Thomas, yes, he's worn the yellow jersey, but I think he'd uh, dearly love to wear it once more. Anyone else that you see that could actually compete on that, that stage? I mean, you mentioned a few names, but uh, could we have a surprise? Or do you think this race is pretty much locked up? Because it's not that long, because there's so many difficulties. Uh, of course, we can have, you know, flat tyres, we can have incidents and so on. It's not likely to rain. Uh, anyone that you can see that actually could create a surprise? I'm thinking Chavanel. He's been out a lot on the first few days because it's his last tour. Can he create something there? I don't think so. I hate to say it. I just don't think he'll. He's in that. Th- That's right. I'm not his dad. I'm not his friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, Bagrat. I think he's garbage. No, he's he's washed up. Um, no, I don't think so. He's he's not in that form. Look, the only reason he could is if he gets in an early breakaway, and he'd need to have he'd need to wind back the clock and have a brilliant day. You know. You know what? We shouldn't write off. They're not going to win the stage. They're not going to have a incredible day. But I think they could have a good day. Roman Bardet and Naldo Quintana. Bardet was training on the, the Parvay up here doing course recce's back in February. And he's done the Strava Bianca as well, which is a tough race. Uh, and uh, we said at the time... what. Yeah, yeah, he, he did is, it well. Exactly, and we said at the time, why is he doing this? And this could be a, a, a part of the answer tomorrow. Yeah, and Nato Quintana, he actually handles himself pretty well for a, for a small rider and a climber. Uh, the other one, how can we bypass him? Of course, he, he could actually win the stage and he could make splits. And that team has made no secret of it. Vincenzo Nibali and Heinrich Hausler. Heinrich Hausler more so have been talking it up. They want to make time up. We saw what Nibali did the year that he won the Tour de France across the Parve in the wet. He'll be hoping for a wet day because he was dynamite that day. He was better than some of the traditional Paris-Roubaix riders. Yeah, he's, uh, I'm going to say this, but not in a bad way, but he's yet to impress us, I think, in this tour. But we all know he can. We all know he can create that extra surprise when we all sit back and go, what the... The shark of Messina, you're right, he hasn't impressed us yet, but he certainly has not disappointed us or disappointed himself. He's ridden a very smart bike race and he is well and truly under the radar we talk about say chris froome being out of the limelight not being in yellow or not being on the podium well vincenzo nibbly is almost invisible i mean he doesn't speak uh much english at all so of course we don't we don't interview him much if i do i I generally interview him in italian but that aside he is almost invisible and he will be very visible today Actually, that brings me to, a, to a, an interesting question. If you're a GC contender, should you remain invisible or should you show your jersey? Because we see a lot of you know, people go on breakaways and, and, and that sort of thing, but we don't really see the main, like Froome, like Nibali. You hardly see this. Like, even, even Richie, you hardly see them in a peloton. Is that part of the, the project, to be hidden in, in a peloton and not show anything, even any impression on your face or whatever that is? A little bit, a little bit. The riders... Look, the sport's changed because there's so much coverage now, but certainly the riders are not thinking about where's the TV camera. I'll try and get out of the way of it so I'm not seen at all. But there has been instances where they, yes, have an expression that makes them either look tired and worn out because teams in the team car, directors are watching the race on the monitor and if they see a rider that looks in deep trouble, they're going to get blasting through on the radio to their their riders, attack, attack, he's in trouble, he's dropped. or So they don't want to be dropped, 
um, but certainly they don't want to be invisible, they don't want to be visible. Look, for an example, Ramabade, Nodok Quintana, they'd be quite content in this stage if they're not visible, but they do not lose a single second. They can't afford to lose any more time, either of them, um, and I think that's how it might be for both of them. If they don't lose any time on this stage, it's a success. It's a massive tick. Uh, for Chris Froome, um, Richie Port, Vincenzo Nibali, I expect them to be a little bit more visible at the front because they've got strong teams for this sort of race, for this sort of parve. I mean, Richie Port, Greg Van Avermaet, a former Paris Bay winner, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Chris Froome with Garrett Thomas and the other riders in that squad are all going to be good on the parve. Vincenzo Nibali, he speaks for himself. He's proven he can ride on the parve. So I expect to see them at the front and I expect our cameras to pick them up. And then two more questions. Uh, tonight, there's the final of the World Cup, France against Croatia. Uh, I'm not asking you for a tip because uh, I might punch you if you yeah. uh, disagree. Yeah, I'm too scared <laughs> to give a tip anyway. Uh, but I mean, how, how is it for you to be in a country when the actual one of the one of the country that hot contender to win the tournament is actually going to you're actually here for for this? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I've been. I was in Holland once, and that was for the World Cup. And the Dutch were playing. It wasn't the final, but they were. They were playing that evening. It was. It was the pre, the the um, group stage. But to be here for the final, I've been. I was living in France for Euro 2000, and France went on to win the Euro Cup, and that was pretty cool. I must say, I was going for Italy back then because I was spending a lot of time racing in Italy. I'm going for France. I think I'm going to embrace it. Um, you might even see me with a flag around my neck. My goodness, imagine that. I think uh, people should uh, check out your social media. Uh, <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of peer pressure here, Vic. <laughs> oh, oh, look out. Well, I said a flag. I didn't say the colours. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and it's the same colours for Croatia anyway. Uh, but, uh, and last question, your Bastille Day. How was it? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It looked low key, low key. It was a long flat stage once again, the breakaway. But look, nonetheless, it was nice. We had a nice feed in the uh, press centre. Yeah, pretty chilled out. Absolutely. Thank you, Maka, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, can't wait. And uh, this was the SBS Cycling Central podcast all the way from France, from the Tour de France. So let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or uh, subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. Until tomorrow, it's bye for now. The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialize and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.